Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of Stuck With You. It's basically been designed to either keep us busy while we're in self-isolation or send us completely insane. The concept is simple. I listen to one album at least once a day for seven days. You'll be hearing my entries every day as I learn to live with the album. For the next seven days, I'll be listening to Katy Perry's fourth album, Witness. Yep, the one that took her from being one of the biggest pop stars in the world to the subject of a million think pieces about her flopping. It was a politically charged display of woke pop that came off as a little self-indulged and misinformed. We're going to go into this fresh though and see whether it's actually good now that a few years have passed. Day one. Truth be told, I hated this album when it came out. To be fair, I probably didn't give it a good chance though. Katy Perry was proving herself to be a problematic pop star who was attempting to be overly woke and it just didn't work. Compared to others, Katy isn't the most destructive pop star, but she loves a little bit of cultural appropriation here and there. And when you suddenly come out and very explicitly declare your wokeness, you open yourself up to a barrage of criticism. I'm absolutely sure that's why this album got a harsher reaction than it probably deserved, so I was excited to see how two years of less problematic Katie behaviour impacts this album. The first few tracks, great, I got into it. Witness is a bold, powerful pop song. Hey 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 is catchy enough. Roulette is a smash. Then that's about where it ends. I can't get that awful Swish Swish video out of my head, even though the Nicki verse goes off. Out of the singles from the album, Chain to the Rhythm stands out as the most bearable. The lyrics are trash, but Max Martin and Katie make magic always. Bon Appetit, on the other hand, is an absolute mess, and I had to try really hard not to skip it. And this is only day one. I'm going to try and stay positive for the first run through, so let's talk about some of the redeeming factors. This is an experimental pop record, and props for trying. She almost intentionally gave the pop crown away, so that she could try new things. And sometimes it works. Power is an elongated, levitating cut that almost gets there, and Mind Maze is kind of mesmerizing at first. As for the rest, I'll check in tomorrow. Day two. For the second day of this experiment, I'm gonna take you all on a track by track through the record and how I'm feeling about all of the songs right now. So we'll kick it off with the title track and the opener witness. As I said yesterday, I'm enjoying this. It's a great opener, let down by terrible lyrics though. Can I be your witness is such a vaguely political statement that's just so blah. That said, the Max Martin production shines through and this really could have been a single. Hey, 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 I distinctly remember hating the first time I listened to this album, but look at me, I've grown. This is good. The chorus is actually a good mix of endearing and strong, and Max Martin and Sia together is something that I really love and we need to see more of. Roulette. This is the only song that I've ever revisited from this album, and I'm genuinely excited about it every time it comes on. Roulette is a gigantic smash, and how no one saw the potential of it, I will never know. Maybe it would work better now that big bold synths are back in norm. I'll probably end up touching on roulette more as the week goes on, but this is definitely going to be one of my favorites in the end. And I still think that it's brilliant all these years later. Swish Swish, as I said yesterday, just that video is really, really bad. And it's hard to get past that. It's a house hit that I think just came a few two years, a few years too late. The Nicki verse still slaps, but the rest is clunky and cheap. Deja Vu to me is totally forgettable and there's no way I'm going to remember it. 
when this ends. Power was one of the ones that I really liked yesterday. Um, and I still really like the production on it. I think it's really hypnotic. I think the issue here is Katie's voice isn't suited to moments like this. She handles a media beat better, in my opinion. Mind Maze is the one where Katie inexplicably ended up teaming up with Purity Ring, who had never kind of been in the pop world before. Purity Ring works because of those intoxicating vocals, I think. But again, this is almost, it's almost great. But it's Katy Perry's voice that lets it down because it has too much substance to it, if that makes sense. Miss You More is Purity Ring meets Max Martin, which is something even more so I never thought I'd see. It's absolutely wild. Unfortunately, I think it would have been better off with just Max. Purity Ring's production seems to sand off the edge and mix with Katy Perry, it feels like she's fighting in between being a pop star and being kind of an ex experimental alternative star. Chain to the Rhythm is the hit, the only hit on the album, I think, and it's actually very good if you ignore the lyrics. I was too harsh on it initially, but now that I've got this challenge where I have to live with it for seven days, I feel like I'm loosening up with it a bit and actually starting to enjoy it. Tsunami is the point where I realize how long this album actually is um, and start to think about what I'm doing. It's a totally forgettable track and I would, would have deleted it straight away if I was listening to this album before it was released. But it goes into something much worse, which is Bon Appetit. And it's just crazy to think that a record label sat down and listened to this song and let it not only come out, but be the second single off this big pop stars album. It's just absolutely horrendous. Bigger Than Me is kind of, kind of depicts the root of the problem with this album. Um, it's politically charged anthem that suffers just because of really unsuccessful lyrics. If I'm not evolving, I'm just another robot, she sings, which is the most self-involved line and really tears apart the fact that the song itself is actually kind of enjoyable. Save as a Draft is the trademark Katy Perry ballad on the album. She usually is quite good at ballads, but she just doesn't hit the mark at all on any of them on this album. This narrative style writing is very on the nose and it's forgettable by the time you get to the end of the album, even though there's only two songs after it. Pendulum is one I'm hearing that there are many fans of and I may be one by the end. I'm not quite there yet, but I am wondering why she buried a track that was this strong at track 14. Jeff Bowsker and Ilangelo on production is pretty cool given that they're two guys responsible for two of this year's biggest pop records, Endure and The Weeknd. And the Sarah Hudson co-write is cool as well. She's kind of all over the, the Witness album, but it's most successful here. The only thing I've written for Into Me, you see, is thank God we're done. And I'm genuinely feeling relieved about that today because this is a very long album that is even longer if you add on the bonus tracks, which I will not be done. Day three. It's actually my birthday today and I've had to listen to this album, which is not a particularly nice treat, but it's something I've set for myself. So I've got nobody else to blame. I also made everyone I live with listen to the album last night. And what really stuck out to all of us was the relentless length of the album. It's just so long and there are very few relaxing moments across the whole thing, which means that it feels like it's in your face for the entirety of the 15 songs or 
13 or 15. It feels longer. I guess today I'm thinking more about the context of the album and thinking about how it went so badly for Katie. It was kind of a lead balloon in her career that she didn't see coming. And I really haven't seen a fall from grace in pop quite as large as this one. Before Witness, Katie was known as this very approachable pop star. She invented characters and colourful worlds, but it was all very easy to connect to. Teenage Dream was full of glossy, candy-coated pop songs, and then Prism experimented a little more, but was driven by these empowering messages like Raw. Katie was fun and easy to listen to. She embodied pop in its most traditional form, which is escapism. But then suddenly on this album, she decides to not only experiment with producers like Purity Ring and Hayden James, but also deliver woke messages. It wasn't fun anymore because people were being told they're too comfortable living in a bubble. On top of that, she was making poor jokes about Obama and being led through this press circuit that included strange museum stunts and weird performances with Migos on SNL. Someone really should have put an end to it all before it blew up, but the circus only got larger. To launch the album, she spent the weekend live streaming this self-enlightenment weekend in a Big Brother-style house, which seems to only have been good because it produced many, many memes that are still all over the internet. The whole thing, as uh, as I guess is the sound of this album as well, just feels so unnecessarily heavy. Like Katie was purposely punishing herself and it was a bit painful to watch. In fact, this whole album is painful because she's trying to be something that's not natural at all. I actually want to read out something that my friend Jono sent me about the record because he's been listening along with me. And I think it kind of hits the nail on the head about what went wrong for Katie. Instrumentally, he says it's such sleepy pop, which has a place, but Katie doesn't have the voice or the storytelling and character to carry it i.e. if Christina was singing, it would have been a different story. Or Taylor has really similar sleepy pop songs, but her storytelling is so much better and more believable. Katie was probably told to move away from cheesy upbeat pop, but that's where her voice and character suit. And I think that's kind of true. We kind of got used to Katy Perry as this pop star who just delivered really reliable, relatable pop songs that had substance but weren't overly complicated in the message they were trying to deliver so I think that's where she really lost her way here and I don't think it's a criticism to say that she can't do that kind of pop music it's just about knowing what realm you exist in and how to play to your strengths and she basically just opened herself up to weaknesses on this album over and over again day four feeling like it's a bad song day so I'm going to talk about the three songs that just haven't gotten better from the start for me. The first is obviously Bon Appetit. I don't think I've made any secrets about my opinions on this song. It absolutely blows my mind that Katie and Max came up with this. It came at the height of Migos' oversaturation and literally has no redeeming feature. There's no delectable melody, the chorus feels recycled and stale, and her voice is rendered useless because it sounds so generic. Bon Appetit is the song the most responsible for ruining this album's campaign, in my opinion, and that even goes beyond all the crazy press circus. Tsunami is another one that I just can't get my head around. It's at the point of the album that it starts to feel like it's really dragging on. It plods along at a glacial pace with nothing particularly interesting to keep me hooked. 
and I would have hit delete on this even if a mic well made at production credit seems juicy at the time. Bigger Than Me is another one that's interesting. I don't necessarily not like it as much as the two previous tracks I've mentioned because I don't mind the melody or sound of it. But it's the lyrics that are just the epitome of what's wrong with this album. She makes very grand overarching statements about activism and the state of the world and it just falls very flat. I'm pushing my thoughts to a new place and if I'm not evolving, I'm just another robot. I just dreadfully vague lyrics. Also, Into Me You See is terrible, but it's too boring to talk about, to be honest. Day five. Okay, I always start this album feeling very positive about it because the first few songs are actually pretty good. Before I even went into this, I like Change the Rhythm and Roulette, so I'm going to leave those and talk about the ones that have grown on me since I started this. Straight up, the title track, Witness, which I mentioned that I liked on the first day. I love it as an opener for the album and it makes me think she could have pulled this vague woke thing off if everything surrounding it wasn't so terrible. I love how it starts so small and gentle before expanding into this really glossy, empowering chorus. The hook I have to forget about slightly though, but the point of this challenge is finding positivity, so that's okay. One that I was so, so about when I did the track by track a few days ago was Mind Maze, but I've actually come around to it. Who would have thought I would have been such a fan of Katie nicking Charlie XCX's vocal techniques? The autotune works on her particularly alongside Purity Ring's very gentle backdrop. It really unlocks this vulnerability in Katie that I don't think we see that often and this album definitely could have done with more gentler moments like this that weren't so in your face. The final one which no one has stopped banging on about since I started this is Pendulum. Maybe I didn't get far enough through the record when it came out to remember this one, but it's making its mark on me now. It's not like a top 10 Katie song for me by any means, but it's a perky, triumphant and light moment in an album that's so often too heavy. The chorus is far too lyrically sparse, but the verses are a real knockout, really uplifting pop, the sort that Katie has spent most of her career winning with. It still doesn't really make sense to me why they decided to bury this so deep in the album. I really think it could have been pulled to the top as a single. Day six. I'm nearly done. And let me tell you, I will never be picking an album of this length again. I'm trying to think whether this album has got better or worse for me since I started. I really couldn't have thought less of it when I started. And you know what? I'm actually feeling better about it. I previously would have given it a 3 out of 10, I reckon, and I probably lifted that to a 5 or 6 on a good day. Part of that is context. I think Katie realises what she did with this record was completely wrong now. She's also released one of the greatest pop songs of the last few years and never really over. Generally, that's made me feel far more sympathetic to her than when this mess of an album was coming out. Today, though, I made the mistake of listening to the deluxe edition tracks Dance With The Devil and At My Age, and let me tell you, they do not add a single thing to the record. There's no light at the end of the tunnel that is witness, unfortunately. So if you're not already involved and you do want to get involved, we've got a bit of a discussion going on about each of the week's records on a Facebook group called You In, which is basically just a place to chat about pop music. And one of the members of that group, Rosalyn, has actually sent through her notes on the record, which is cool to see, particularly because I feel like I've been a little bit negative about the record today. And she seems to have 
a more positive evaluation of it. So she says that witness has a foundational concept with the right execution. It could have been a really tight and exceptional pop record, but the bloated track listing absurd number of collaborators and unrefined direction resulted in an album supposedly about being aware of the world that has absolutely no self-awareness. I actually should take back now that she's being positive because it seems she's got similar opinions to me about it. She said, while the production overall is quite strong, the few standouts on the record, notably Pendulum and Roulette, do so because of their absence of painfully awkward lyricism that dominates everywhere else. With a bit of tongue-in-cheek approach, the cliche nature of some of these works could land better, but instead it just feels sloppy. She also brings up another interesting point about Max Martin, which is one that I thought was interesting because he rarely misses. And she said, Martin is known for being a stickler for pop song structure, sometimes at the expense of the lyricism. Notable examples include that now that I've become who I really are on Break Free and his criticism of Lord's Greenlight, it's so often easy to ignore, but on witness, every bad line is so front and center that it's impossible to be distracted from it. I think that's bang on and I'd love to read more stuff if anyone wants to send through any thoughts they have on next week's record, which I will reveal at the end of the seven days. Day seven, the final day. I've made it once again through the next album and as per Paris, I will not be returning to this album in a hurry. It's done nothing for me, but there are a few bright spots that I may listen to in a moment of weakness. As will be customary and stuck with you now, I'm gonna go through track by track and rate how I've landed on all of the songs at the end of this. So witness the opener. I still think it's a great song with terrible lyrics. It just almost gets there, but falls short because of that very silly hook. So I'm gonna give it a seven out of 10. Hey, Hey, Hey is another great song with terrible lyrics. This one really could have been a single if they'd gone with a different lyrical theme. So I'm gonna go with a seven out of 10 again for this one. Roulette is one I obviously haven't held my praise back for. I think it's one of the best Katy Perry songs ever. It's a soaring anthemic triumph that she'll probably never be able to replicate. And I love the drama of those synths coupled with really smart lyrics like texting me a little bubble of trouble. So I'm giving this one a nine out of 10. Swish Swish, the third single, which I actually didn't, don't think I minded as much as the other stuff at the time this album came out, mostly because of the Nicki verse. But this exercise has actually changed that for me. I've got no time for this cheap house track now and I'm giving it a five out of 10. Deja Vu, one of the songs I said at the start that I was never going to remember. And it's true. Every time I listened to this, I could not remember listening to Deja Vu. Couldn't give a lyric to you from this song. So I'm going to give it a four out of 10. Power is one that I mentioned liking at the start of the week, but I'm not so crazy about it now. It's probably too weighty and elongated for Katie, so I'm gonna give it a five. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. Mind Maze is the Purity Ring co-produced that I said was one of my favorites just a few days ago, and I still like it. I still think it's a nice bit of a reprieve on the record. I'm gonna give it a seven. Miss You More, one of the kind of power ballads of the album is one that I liked in the beginning, but it became pretty forgettable as this week went on. The chorus is a bit of a lead balloon, to be honest, and I would quite happily never return to this again, so I'm gonna give it a four. 
Chained to the Rhythm, the best single on the album. Unexpectedly, this became a kind of light for me as I went on listening to Witness. Again, the lyrics are terrible, but melodically, it's an absolute smash. So I'm going to give it an eight, which rectifies my opinions of it in the beginning, which I think I ended up giving it a two out of 10 when I first rated it. Tsunami is my absolute, well, nearly my absolute least favorite on the album. I really don't like it. And I've just started hearing the birds that come in at the beginning of the track as well, which makes it even more annoying. So this one's a two out of 10 for me. Bon Appetit is just objectively terrible. And I have to admit that I did skip it on more than one day. So I'm going to give that a one out of 10. Bigger Than Me has the worst lyrics on the album with a cheesy beat that was actually kind of likable on the right day. So I'm going to have to give it a four, but I do think if she rewrote it with different lyrics, it would be a whole different story. I've also given a four to Save As A Draft, Save As Draft, which I've just written snooze next to. Um, and honestly, I can't even remember what that song sounds like. Pendulum, the one that everybody champions is the best song on Witness when it's actually roulette. Still, I really came to love this one, particularly the way the first lyric rolls off her tongue. You got patina, ain't so green. Nah, is a great and unusual pop line. And mostly for that reason, I'm going to say it's the second best song on the album and I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Into Me, You See, The Closer, which was a particularly difficult one to listen to after listening to 15 songs with very few that resonated with me. Every piano led Katy Perry ballad sounds the same in my opinion. And this one's an absolute flop. It's a three out of 10 to finish off the album. I guess at the start of this, I wanted to answer the question, was Witness really as bad as everyone said it was at the time when taken out of context? Unfortunately, it is. To be honest, I don't think she should have been torn down as far as she was. There are far worse pop albums out there that have gotten away with much more, but this is a genuinely unlikable album. The thing that makes it a hard pill to swallow is Katie was so much fun before this, and it feels like she lost her way here, and she never really got it back despite a few good singles last year. She hasn't returned to the sort of flair that she had during the Teenage Dream or Prism eras. Moving on to bigger and brighter things though, next week I've decided I'll be stuck with Ashley Simpson's autobiography. So tweet me if you've got any thoughts or memories of the record or even any later thoughts on Witness and we'll chat next week.